let me just write this down, click on my pet. Whoa! You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl, bowl, bowl after bowl. Bowl, bowl, bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. You are listening to Bowl After Bowl with Spencer and Lorian. Bowlafterbowl.com. Bowlafterbowl.com. That's right, bowlafterbowl.com. Bowl after bowl. After bowl, after bowl. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Hey, we're going till you get sick. That's right, because it's Token Tuesday, and you are in the bowl. That's right. Welcome, welcome. It is August 17th, 2021, and this is episode 99. 99? 99 of the Bowl After Bowl podcast. 99 bowls after bowls after bowls after bowls on the wall. That's right. The hits keep coming. And they don't stop coming. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And next to me on his little boppy is the Wolf Cub John. He's pretending to run. So I think I'm going to have to pick him up in just a few minutes. Uh Uh-oh. And then everyone will get to hear him on the microphone. John, thank you. Great job. Hiccuping and cooing and sometimes pooping. Yeah, you know, he's chiming in. I noticed uh, you uh, made him in the art today. I did. That was so damn cute. I put him in the art. I like the art today. It's cute. As of right now, we have the three the three of us. Yep. Three hosts. That's right. It's a full bowl. Full bowl. Full bowl lately. And yeah, this is his time to not ever sleep. He's like at his most active. He's got his days and nights confused. Between like 9 and 11 at night. Yeah. It's true. Here he is. Oh, boy. How you doing, John? <laughs> that good, huh? He said, uh, get me a boob and don't pass me the bowl because I'm a baby. <laughs> no whiskey. No whiskey. No whiskey. This isn't the 20th century, man. That's right. That's right. Oh, been a great week. Got a great show for you tonight. Plenty to discuss. Um, but why would we break tradition? Why not start off thanking everybody that puts this thing together? Our producers, our bowlers, we love them. And we always want to recognize them right at the beginning. It just kind of feels weird not to, you know? I know we talked last week about, you know... What if we do a format change? What if we do? What if we mix up the show? But uh, there's also that aspect of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And it doesn't feel broke. No. Um. So let's thank some people. What do you say? What do you say? Yeah. Let's thank them. You always want to thank No Debit, setting up the infrastructure on which we stream. Uh, we have a live stream that you can find at bowlafterbowl.com by clicking on Listen Live, and you're either hearing us live from that if you're listening live. Or you're hearing us on the Mighty No Agenda stream, thanks to Sir Ryan Bimrose. Uh, so thank you both, gentlemen, for allowing us the infrastructure 
to stream this thing out every Tuesday night live to the peoples. Thank you. And thanks to the bowlers in the chat. Uh, we never really thank you guys, but uh, we see you all in there. Right now, looks like Phone Boy, Metis, Quirkus, uh, all chatting away in there. There's Lavish in there, I see you. Maybe Lavash. Could be Lavash, who really knows? Stacy's getting boobery in from the Discord to yeah, the ball. Yeah, boobs. So, you know, we got peoples. We got peoples in there. Got peoples in there. I like boobs. And, of course, uh, we have some treasure coming in today. So we have some executive producers of the show. Woohoo! Uh, if you want to be an executive producer of Bowl After Bowl, all you got to do is go to the donate page at bowlafterbowl.com. Uh, there's many ways to do it. Uh, there's also streaming sats, although this was a kind of a slow week for sats. I was looking earlier. Mm. Got about 10,000 um, all together on both nodes, it looked like. Well, that's cool. So um, if you're not hip to that scene... You can actually stream Satoshis to the podcast using a number of different podcast apps. Uh, for that, I know I'm killing you guys with the URLs, but you can go over to newpodcastapps.com and you can see all these different podcast apps that support all of the features of Podcasting 2.0. And we're proud to be a part of that uh, ecosystem. And anything that says value on that page, there's a lot of different apps but any of the apps that list value as one of the features, uh, that means you can use it to stream little pieces of Bitcoin to the show, uh, whether it's streaming Satoshis per minute or hitting us with a boost. Uh, those are always very well appreciated. Things like CurioCaster, PodFriend, the new Fountain app, which we've been talking about for a little bit uh, in its very infancy. Uh, Sphinx Chat, we have a little tribe in Sphinx. All these are different ways that you can stream sats. Uh, we also take your cuck bucks via PayPal. Or, like this executive producer did, you can send it in the dang old mail. Um, just find me and uh, we can figure out how to mail me something. But uh, I want to give a big thanks to our top executive producer for this week, M. Andrew Jones. Uh, imagine my delight, bowlers, when I got home. And there's a big manila envelope. And uh, look at this. It's from M. Andrew Jones. He sent us a nice little card here. It's got some foxes, a couple foxes on the front. Uh, some kit foxes. Little baby foxes. And uh, he sent us a little handwritten note. Very nice. Hello, Wolfpack. Congratulations on the new human resource. I love his squeaking and squealing in the background. I always say good people should have more babies. Also... Here is a copy of my newest book, along with a few promotional cards, just in case you like it. Puff Puff Pass Bowlers, M. Andrew Jones. And he indeed sent us a stack of promotional uh, cards for his book, Metal. And, uh, you know, he said enclosed is a copy, but he actually enclosed two copies. Yes. So, one to thumb through and one to give away to somebody else, I believe. You gonna make it there, bud? He's chugging the milk too much. Wowie zowie, man. Wowie <laughs> too zowie. fast. I'm really glad that the bowlers enjoy enjoy him here. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Sometimes it's like... Uh, we roll our eyes and look at each other like, oh my I mean, gosh. It's, uh, it's, it's borderlines on cringe and I get it, but... Uh, but I'm very excited to read this book. It would be more cringe to leave him like oh. in some other room like yeah. for an indefinite amount of time. I mean, Maybe crying. I mean, come on. So, uh, of course, we love... 
the baby wolf cub. Duh. And we love M. Andrew Jones. He also sent a postal money order. And these things are like beautiful looking, by the way. Uh, for thirty-three, thirty-three. So Woo-hoo! thank you, sir. I'll give the real bell for that. Gotta have the real bell in there. <laughs> so thank and you very the much baby for that. jumps. Uh, we also had another producer ship from the great grand Reverend Cyber Trucker. Well, before I move on, actually, I want to talk a little bit about this book because I haven't had a chance to sit down and read it yet. It, we just got it last night. Yes. Uh, but. I would like to read the back before we move on, just to give you kind of an idea of what this is all about. And if you're interested in learning more, you can go to mandrewjones.com slash metal. mandrewjones.com slash metal. We'll have a link in the show notes, of course. Uh, and this is, this is the back. Sophie saw her opportunity. She stood, charged across the room, and sat herself on Gabriel's lap. Before he could pick up some other lucky contestant, she licked the side of his face and whispered in his ear, I don't mind a little choking. It's nothing worse than what I got at the old foster home, she grinned. Still, I'd rather talk music. You know what I want? Gabriel leaned in close, a dirty smirk on his face. I want to murder you and get away with it, he winked. So (laughs) Sophie snorted. That's a tongue twister there. Sophie snorted. She didn't believe it. She knew a lot of jokers, all bark, no bite prodding at their limits. Gabriel wasn't really the wrong kind of guy. Sophie knew the wrong type. Truly vicious and reprehensible. This strutting cock was just edgy. With a chuckle of her own, Sophie leaned in. You know what I want? She rubbed up against him. I want a hundred thousand dollars in six months to spend it. She smirked, satisfied with her jovial answer. Yeah, that's the back. That's the preview. That's that's the... uh... Oh, see two copies so we can read it at the same time. That's right. That's right. But not allowed. We could race to the end. I was going to say we can see whose speed reading is better. I can tell you it's you. Yes. I can already tell you you read faster than me for sure. I'll get a burn on my thumb from trying to beat you. (laughs) Yeah. So thanks for the book. Thanks for the uh, producership. I'm Andrew Jones, and we'll definitely be. uh, I know a few people who'd probably like this book, but. We'll vet it. We'll vet it to make absolutely sure. Because, you know, it's just how we do. It's how we do. Um, Anywho, moving uh, slightly onward. Excuse me. I'm looking for his note here. But we have... Notes, notes. Reverend Cyber Trucker coming in again. Oh, yeah. With $20 bucks. Uh, thank you, thank you, sir. His note says, Rev here, have a bowl on me. Love and light. Thank you, sir. Oh, thanks, Rev. Thank you, sir. And if I'm not mistaken, something just came in. Ah, yes, yes. Ah, no note. Uh, and therefore, I won't dox with the name. Uh, HS. I like to do initials. Nick the Rat taught me that. Like, you don't necessarily want to dox people. If there's no note and you're not really sure if they want to be like named and shamed and blamed and all of that good stuff, you just say, hey, HS, thank you. Uh, for 999 for the episode 99. Yeah. 999. I wish I had 9999 on the board. I did not have the foresight. <laughs> I didn't have the foresight, man. I've been running all over the freaking greater Kansas City metro area over the past week to 10 days. 
really hustling on the uh, on the old house market. So uh, we definitely thank you, sir. And finally, uh, with his monthly stonation of four twenty. It is not CW, as I've been uh, crediting him. In fact, let me read this specific email I got to the bull. So, All right. Uh, if, you know, if you ever comment suggestions, if you're streaming sats and want credit, if you want to chip in on the show, anything at all, the way to get in touch with me, the best way, is to email spencer at bullafterbull.com. And I look at that thing every day, and about every five days I look in my spam folder, because sometimes, sometimes good things... Go in the spam folder, which is irritating. In fact, I pulled it up right now. Uh, oh, man, I thought that was a real thing because the it said, hi, with a, it said, hi, did you get my last email? But then it's a, it's I a, heart your podcast. I am God podcast. Yeah. It's a robot? They're trying to monetize my experience. Oh. Which uh, which we're doing right now. Yeah. It's, already, it's already taken care of, fella. It's value for value. They call it value for value. That's right. And it happens to just kind of coincide with uh, with weed. Streaming value for value and weed is an excellent combination. Uh, but anyway, I'm sorry, I got distracted. I've been I've been saying CW has been giving us this monthly stonation, but no, I get a message in the bowl. I have been donating 420 a month via PayPal, and you have been referring to me as CW. Henceforth, please attribute these donations to the troll named C Dubs. C-dubs, Thank all you right. for your courage, C-dubs. So C-W, I was so close, but it's C-dubs, actually. C-dubs. So thank you for your courage, C-dubs. Thank you. And for your monthly stonation. And uh, I'm going to pass you this. I'm going to give you this joint, nigga. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, and those are our executive producers for this show, episode 99. Next week, episode 100, I don't really know what to do or what the plans are because we're just so busy planning uh, for Ray Ray's birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our eldest is having her fourth birthday Friday. That's right. And a slumber party. Mm-hmm. And I get to show off my baking skills. <laughs> yes. Not just getting baked. Baking a cake. Baking a cake. It's going to be good. We'll be baked like a cake and baking cakes. Yes, that's right. Except for, uh, I've been getting triggered because she wanted a My Little Pony Friendship is Magic party, and they are phasing out the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic franchise because there's a new My Little Pony coming around on Netflix. Yeah, the I don't, I'm not crazy about the art on this new one. Mm-mm. CGI. Yeah, and they look like people faces more than pony faces. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. It's like, it's supposed to be a pony with like a long horse face, but they have like round circle faces like people. I don't know. The storyline seems kind of paused too, <sighs> in my opinion. Well, it's like the unicorns and the land ponies and the pegasi, they're all afraid of each other. So then someone has to go about and be like, look, why are we, why do we hate each other? We're all friends. They kind of like, have an episode like that in the... Yeah, one episode though. They also fight communism in MLP. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. They were like, ah, this is bullshit. Welcome to capitalist society. Based, <laughs> None of this is good. Based MLP. But anyway. Well, you know. She's four, you know. Yes. So she's going to enjoy it either way. Whatever, no matter what happens. 
That's right. And she's going to have a strawberry cake. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. Give me a fun time. Oh, and the Paw Patrol movie just happened to come out on her birthday. That's right. Yeah, I haven't been to the freaking movie theater in like six years probably. Yeah, something like that. Maybe even longer. It was definitely before the kids were born. Before we lived in this place. Before we lived in Kansas City. Hmm. Yeah. It's been a while. Years and years. But hey, I mean. But this one looks great. They have like a play area for the kids. Yeah, that seems interesting. I'm 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 interested to see how that works out. It yeah. looked like they had like a big slide in the room and stuff. Yeah, they're like come thirty minutes early so the kids can all play. And then the seats are recliners, two by two. I'm excited. So I was already calling dibs that the two year old's sitting with me. <laughs> I was like, Asina, who do you want to sit with? Me, your dad, your pop? She's like, mm, mom. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> the seat reclines, I'll sit anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Sounds good. It sounds like it's gonna work out. Yeah. Um, I didn't mention, but, uh, time and talent is also a way to contribute to this podcast. And we do that, uh, mainly by voicemail, uh, user interaction with our voicemail line. We always do a topic of the week. We call it first time I ever, this week's is first time I ever drove a car. Uh, so, you know, operated a car, whatever. Most people's first time didn't drive like a very great distance, but we want to hear about it. I want to hear about it because it's always fun to hear. And uh, it's easy to contribute. All you got to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 And they'll play your voicemail on Ball after That's right. Uh, just call the voicemail line, or you can text if you're voice shy. Uh, we have some bowlers that don't really want to talk, but they can text in, and that's great too. Always uh, an option. You can even send pictures. That's right. Uh, all of it works. All of it works. So uh, I did want to mention that the uh, <laughs> the voicemail limit. There's a three minute limit, and then it'll hang up on you, and uh, you can keep calling. We've we've never really had a um, necessarily an overkill, uh, but we got our first overkill this week for sure, and we had eight uh, eight messages. So that's kind of totaling up to be oh well over fifteen minutes uh, altogether. Now they're not all the full message, but uh, I haven't. You know, I was gonna I was gonna download all these and listen to them and then maybe stitch them together. I've never, in the history of the show, of the voicemail line, listened to the voicemails beforehand. Like, I've always just, we all hear them at the same time for the first time. But this one I was going to, like, maybe pull through and look through and maybe try to chop out. You know, sometimes people pause and you can just kind of shorten it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I never got the time. I just have been so busy. So what I'm going to do is play, like, the first two and, uh, you know, just know that if you call the voicemail line and you're leaving um, maybe a lot of voicemails, that uh, not all of them might make it. Not all of them might make it. And that's just for time's sake, just to get everybody's in. So don't feel bad or singled out or nothing like that. You can leave your voicemails and, uh, yeah, play them on the show. That's right. Play them on the show. All that happens in the second half of the show. We call it going behind the curtain. So we'll get to that in a bit. 
in a bit. But before that, we usually like to start off with the top three 33 stories. That's right. Because if you listen to No Agenda, which I assume most of you do, you know that 33 is the magic number. Indeed. And it just shows up all over the place. So this week, the first article that grabbed my attention was, in a 33-year first, a single console swept Japan's game sales charts. Oh. Any guess what console it was? Could it be PS5? No. Could it be the Nintendo Sticks thing? Nintendo Switch. Switch, yes. It was indeed. It was indeed. The last time that a console got a full sweep was uh, the Famicom in 1988. Oh, my goodness. Precursor to the NES. I have not heard of that one. No. I wasn't even born yet. Mm, Me neither. (laughs) I was just floating around looking for a, for an inn, I guess. I was almost <laughs> born, but not quite. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Japan's game chart appears in Famitsu Weekly and has since uh, 1988 when that went down. And I guess that's a good uh, source for material for a lot of the English language gaming magazines and quote-unquote journalism outlets. Digging it. Digging it. The more you know, the more you know. Yeah. But yeah, they were talking about how, um, you know, with the lockdown, people were looking for things to do. So video gaming, you know, saw a spike, I suppose, in popularity. And the Switch has been out for a while. So, of course, it's a bit more affordable than other consoles like the PS5. And there's tons of games on it now. So... And apparently they're great. Isn't it like portable too? I know. I'm just, I'm so behind on consoles now. Uh, I don't know if it's portable. The little, um. There's like a portability to it or like an aspect of portability. I don't know. I know you can like, you can switch it, right? It's portable like the Wii. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you can pull that controller apart, have two controllers or whatever. (laughs) I'm totally talking out of turn here because I. I've played the demos in stores. Makes me feel old, man. I I used to know, like, every console was coming out, when it was coming out. Oh, yeah, all the games. All the resolution of it. Why you want it. I remember the PSP, man, when it had a Wi-Fi connection. Oh, yeah. You could pull up Google Images and look at boobs. Boobs. I was like, oh, my God. Gotta have boobs. Yeah. Now it's like, I don't even know what they do. I don't know nothing. You don't know what boobs do? (laughs) (laughs) let's not get crazy so sir oma sent me this next story okay um a 33 year old man was found dead in his apartment at 3 30 p.m yesterday double prizes oh double the prizes double the fun i guess earlier in the day he had turned himself in for shooting two women in a uh, nearby town this is up in well where he died i think was Kearney, nebraska Oh. And um, anyway, it ended up, uh, the cops came to his place and there was a uh, five-hour standoff between him and the police. And then they heard what sounded like a gunshot, sent their little tactical robot in, and uh, yeah, he was dead. He was dead. Oof. So, yeah, big oofs. Big oofs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's kind of cool. It would be fun to drive the robot. Yeah. It's like... Drive the robot up to... Do not harm my robot. I am sending my robot in. 
It drives in, turns the corner, and the robot goes. Oh, she's dead. Oh. And Mi- you're like, oh, there we go. We can mission, all go in now. M- mission over. Yeah. Game over, snake. Turn it over. <laughs> turn it over to the ambulance guys. Yeah. Yep. Start the whole crime scene drawn with chalk and stuff. <laughs> so another 33 story. State police in New York. New York State. Those police. They charged a juvenile with desecrating 33 gravestones. Buddy, that is not good karma balance, man. No. You're imbalanced now. That's real bad. <laughs> but yeah, 12-year-old. From Teresa, New York, caused $3,726 in damages at the Oakwood Cemetery. Um, But thankfully, a company called A. Cozzi or Cozy, C O Z Z I, Monuments, repaired them all for free back in April. Wow. So everything has been repaired. It's like a good commercial for them. And the tween is being charged with first degree cemetery Uh, desecration. Because that's a charge. And second degree criminal mischief, which are both felonies. So that'll be handled in family court. I always thought criminal mischief oh. sounded like the funnest possible crime, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> criminal Without a mischief. Doubt. What are you here for? Criminal mischief. Isn't that what I'm cool a mischief had? maker. Isn't that what they got Cool Hand Luke for? <laughs> criminal mischief. <laughs> yeah. Lobbing the heads off of parking meters. I mean, <laughs> fuck parking meters anyway, you know? I have a bonus story a this week. bonus? Because this one just kept popping up, and I couldn't ignore it because it kept popping up. Ah. I was like, go away, story. Ah. This is reefer madness. Okay, cannabis tragedy as man, 33, dies in fall after taking drug while celebrating his birthday. Wow. I am really high. Oh, it's birthday, huh? Now, this is totally misleading. This story happened a year ago. Okay. So the headline should have been, we're writing a story about the social media eulogy that his nurse girlfriend wrote up. You know? Sure. Because it's a freaking, he died a year ago. Okay. So it's a one year anniversary of his death. And uh, this is over in England. I don't know if I, I probably already said that. Uh, but he was also, he worked in an emergency department in a hospital, and served as a medic in Afghanistan. Uh, but, yeah, for his birthday, he started the day off by climbing a mountain, uh, then met his girlfriend, friends, and family at a restaurant where, and I quoted this because it just cracked me up, several members of the birthday party took some edible chocolate infused with cannabis. But they didn't put edibles, like just edible, and it's in quotes. Is that like when you're in hospital? It's like, I got, you know what? You're probably right. This it's is like a, a dialect Br- like Britishism. Thing. A Britishism. He took some edible while in hospital. He, he took some edible, went to hospital. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> then they went back to his friend's house, and he started acting kind of erratic. So his girlfriend was like, let's go home. Uh, he started pacing, and then uh, the coroner leads the witness in this article by asking the girlfriend, did he have a look of terror in his eyes? And she <laughs> said, yes, indeed, he had a look of terror in his Neither eyes. You know. I mean, this is total reefer madness. Like, it was insane to read it. I'm just like, is this for real? Did he uh, at any point go, he stu- 
<laughs> Worse. He started talking to people who weren't there. Nice. And then uh, I guess he like tackled his girlfriend onto the floor and like surprised her, Hot. like tackled her off the bed and was just acting like real goofy, you know, as one does when they eat edibles. And perhaps he had never had edible before, you yeah. know, perhaps this yeah. was his first time eating edible. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, and the the dose is important to know. People freak so. out, man, when they eat too much pot, and uh, they put a lot in tiny candies, man. Oh, we ought to have that clip on speed dial on your machine of that cop that calls the cops on himself oh, after he God, ate a brownie, and he's that. like, "Am I going to die?" It's like, oh my goodness, dude. Just read. Just do some reading. It's okay. It's going to be okay. And like, you know, this guy's a nurse. Anyway, he started freaking his girlfriend out when he started talking to people that weren't actually there. So she left him and called his cousin to be like, hey, can you like check in on him? I'm kind of worried. Uh, but just a few minutes later, um, someone called the 999. I guess that's the 911 in, uh, over there across oh. the pond um, because he fell. From whatever story, it doesn't say his apartment was located in. Just fell right from over the a balcony. Likely, fell from a likely story. Sounds and, like you to know, me. I would say the weed didn't kill him. It was probably the impact upon landing. Yeah, yeah, the ground <laughs> when it comes at you from far yeah. away. They said uh, the his head injuries were too severe to operate on. So, Oof. but coroner uh, declared it a psychotic or delusional episode from cannabis consumption. And that was the whole point. They just kept reiterating that point over and over again. He's like the Humpty Dumpty of edible. Seriously. I guess. I guess. Well, Ugh. they did it. They found a guy that died from uh, weed as indirect as it no, possibly is. No, he died from the fall. Come <laughs> on, don't get it twisted. He died with weed, not from weed. <laughs> yeah, and he died from the impact, not the fall. Well, yeah. Uh, anyway. It's never the fall. It's always the landing. Uh. It's true. Even the baby knows that, huh? <laughs> so, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, the magic number uh, kind of revolves around the continuous coof. No that's doubt. still going on. No doubt, yeah. So I did, you know, my tallies, my weekly tallies. Can't stop uh, coofing. There were 33 new cases in Delta County, Michigan, Crawford County, Pennsylvania, and Humboldt County, California. Whoa. Yes. I say at least we're moving out to the county level for these numbers. You know, right. you can't just find them in a town or anything anymore. Uh, then in Alaska, Dillingham, Alaska wrote up that they had 33 positive tests. 33 positive tests. We had positive tests. Is that different than cases? I guess so. I don't know how to keep track of all the lingo and what means what anymore. Like they change it every week anyway. Yeah. Uh, then there was a uh, fear porn article. Um, Dad, 33, has different perspective on COVID-19 after near-death experience. And, of course, they paint him as this huge, well, I don't need the vaccine, and then goes to the hospital, unable to breathe, and gets so scared he's going to die, can't hug his kids for 21 days, and then he's like, we're all going to get the vaccine, and you should too. Just classic, you know, commercial for getting the experimental jab. Uh, but another story, this is a great one. Sir Oma sent me this before the show. He's a treasure and trove, he man. He is, he is. A uh, 33-year-old mom was removed by a security guard 
from an Omaha public elementary school for not wearing a, a mask. And the reason she even went in was because the staff was forcing her son to put on a mask when she told them ahead of time, do not make my son wear a mask. So she dropped him off, sees him walk in, reminds the principal or whoever's standing outside, hey, he's not putting on a mask. And then immediately watches a teacher put a mask on his face. Yeah. And so she goes to get her kid and pull him out of school. And a security guard grabs her by the wrist and forcefully pulls her out. Fuck that. Because she's not wearing a mask. No, I would be like, you give me my kid now, we're going home. But of course, this is why I'm just... Schools for fools, man. Kids to school. Schools for fools. Yeah, the schools are just filled and staffed and run by, you know, obviously not everyone, but in general, there's this uh, streak of authoritarianism, where as soon as a parent is going to tell you some special instruction, there's automatically going to be like pushback of like, oh, the stupid parent is going to tell me what to do. And the article insinuates that they hired the security guard for this woman specifically because she had been emailing the school leading up to the start date saying, you're not going to make my kid wear a mask, right? Like, I refuse to let my kid wear a mask. And, you know, I say that's the way it should go. The parents, it's your child. You decide what's right or wrong for them or what's best for them. That's the thing. It's not the school's place. Once you hand them off to these fucking institutions, then that's... That's that's your consent, you know? That's your consent, basically. So, I mean, now, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, right? Because it's a public school. So so we own the schools. But we all know how this shit works. We give my kid to the government. Like, oh, here, government. You can teach them. You can uh, feed them food. You can uh, tell them about gender. You can teach them how to beat off when they're five. No. No. Not happening sorry we're opting out yeah and with that let's go behind the curtain never gonna happen because that stuff drives me nuts okay like on our way back there did you see the i don't know who it was in australia but they were talking about um putting the kids forceful injection of the children in australia putting them in a stadium they're like we're hoping to get twenty four thousand students vaccinated in this first week of doing this no i was like oh my gosh no uh the force when you're holding down minors and injecting them that's i'm sorry that's when it's open season that's a line that you never come back from no i like to think that that can't happen in america in australia when they, they gave up all their firearms and so it's like hard to really push back i mean hopefully they got like some machetes or something over there or like uh cricket bats or something you know you got something over oh there? yeah surely anything could be a weapon got some pit bulls maybe something dingoes dingoes i mean uh kangaroos give, give oh. a kangaroo a rocket launcher yeah you don't want to fight a roo <sighs> go for his bleeding balls no somebody was sharing around a video of some kid getting forcefully injected in in some non-English speaking situation but it's still like you don't want to see it either way I don't want to see anyone I don't care if they're a kid or an adult I don't want to see a forceful anything on anyone (laughs) no at that point I'm probably getting myself into some serious trouble it's medical rape I agree yeah yeah my my body my choice (laughs) yeah until it's not right uh, they have their fucking, not in my America. They have their fucking mental gymnastics they want to play so that they're Informed. just always right, even though they're 
every opinion contradicts their every other opinion. Yeah. The mental gymnastics are crazy. I remember sent, uh, asking you about something, and I don't even remember it now because I was like, oh, thanks for explaining those mental gymnastics. That one didn't click with me. It was like, you can't prove that. If you can't see it, you can't prove it. <laughs> That's my TLDR of it. <laughs> I don't even want to get into it. It's so frustrating. No, well, you know, we're behind the curtain, so we don't have to. Yeah, thank goodness. But I did see that there was a SoCal mayor arrested by the FBI last Friday for accepting around $60,000 in bribes. Oh. Man, these cases just keep popping up. Was he fined like $1,000? <laughs> no, no. Uh, he's sitting in jail right now, and he uh, entered a not guilty plea on mm. several things. But I guess that three years ago, the FBI detained him after raiding his home for some public corruption probe they were working on. So this isn't his first uh, ring around this rosy, I guess. Adelanto. Adelanto? Adelanto, Mayor? Rich Kerr. Kerr. That's a great last name to have. No doubt. <laughs> to be in that situation. Is he scurvy? He could be a scurvy Kerr. Scurvy Kerr. Oh, uh, yeah. So he disguised all these uh all this money he was getting as you know gifts and donations to charities or his campaign and advance this was the most interesting to me advanced payments for the proceeds of a planned litigation associated with a motorcycle accident he sustained how did he sustain this motorcycle accident you may ask well i guess in 2017 he was doing some like promotional like hey hey i'm the mayor for this Atalanto Grand Prix, and he decided to hop on a motorcycle and ride into the desert, but he crashed it within 15 seconds. Whoops. Yeah. And it sounds like no one was really expecting him to just grab the microphone, the microphone, the motorcycle, and ride off, you know? It was like, hey, don't sue us for this. You're the idiot. Right. But, yeah. Well, it's kind of weird the FBI, like, arresting anybody on corruption. I guess he wasn't laundering enough money. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. That was, hey man, you, you're taking under a hundred thousand dollars in bribes. We're taking you in. Yeah, <laughs> those are rookie numbers, pal. Seriously, <laughs> remember the Fall River guy? Yeah, he was raking it in, living that lavish life. <laughs> <laughs> Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. So there was another article about. True Leaves, her, the CEO's husband, and of course, True Leave, I might be saying it wrong, True Leave, no, I think it's True Leave, like Believe, but with True in front of it. Uh, they're one of the biggest medical weed companies in the United States, and they operate in 11 different states. Um, but the husband of the CEO has been in some legal trouble for a while, when it comes to racketeering, extortion, fraud, making false statements, yada, yada. And a secret recording was just released from the FBI, who, I guess they were pretending to be a real estate company, talking to this man, J.T. Burnett. And he started bragging about his political connections and how they allowed him to obtain the first Vertically integrated license for medical weed in Florida. Mm. And so he said he was totally over-exaggerating trying to impress the real estate people he thought he was talking to. 
So he's just like, well, I was just bullshitting. And it's like, dude. <laughs> okay. That's not right. really an excuse, I guess. No, no. <laughs> what? I was lying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Never mind. What a dumbass. Dumb, dumb. But starting September 1st, Weed retailers in Alaska will be able to sell double the amount of THC per serving in edible. They're doubling it. Double up, it was, baby. Uh, it was five milligrams. Now they're allowed to sell up to ten milligrams oh, in a serving. Holy wow, ten! It's holy like THC, all the way up to a standard tap. dose, right? <laughs> ten milligrams. No, no, no. The well, the federal standard dose is five. For if you're doing like a study. Gotcha. Or whatever. That's what they put it as for edible. <laughs> I feel like those like quad dose Chiba Chews are 80s. Oh, those things are crazy. Crazy. I don't know. I don't remember. I But I do remember going to the dog park was super weird after splitting one with you. Yeah. I was like, that's not my dog. Like, just leave the dogs here and let's go. Let's run. <laughs> These are we're surrounded by dog people. Dog people. Did you figure it out? I'm trying to see. I see quad dose. Caution extremely potent. But then I don't see a, none of them list. Milligrams. I feel like one was over a thousand milligrams. Quad dose is 70s. 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 So they're trying to say, God, what a, what a shitty number. No, it's half a nope. 35, which would be... You know, 17 and a half or something. Oh, I see. You're splitting the 70 into yeah. the four. Not or something. 17 and a half. 17 and a half. Still 17 higher. and a half. That's a single versus what? They doubled it from five to 10, which is less than a quote unquote single. Now, to me, I don't know. I think Arrowhead says like five to 15 is kind of the normal dose range. For me, yeah. I've always considered 10 kind of the baseline. And I'm really going to go much higher than that. Maybe 20, you know? Um, I don't like doing too much edibles. Like, no. Being too high on edibles is like the one time where you're just like, from, can't, can't stop because it's ever going to stop. For me with smoking, the high kind of plateaus, but with edibles, it's like, it can be like being on a roller coaster, literally like rim spinning kind of feeling and stuff. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Some vertigo and some spinny and. Yeah. All that kind of shit. But, you know, that's why Arrowwood says the dose makes the poison. You've got to be weary of right. what you're consuming. Yeah. And just remember. It has, it has nothing to do with the amount of gummy bears you can eat. <laughs> no. It has to do with how many how many milligrams of THC is in the damn thing. And if you do something stupid like fall off your balcony, you're going to be the face of anti-weed propaganda for decades to come constantly looking for that yeah, crap and they're hard up for stories doesn't, yeah doesn't happen very often <laughs> yeah exactly well for the first time in 11 years maine is accepting applications for medical dispensaries and i guess there's no longer a cap on business licenses up there so good on them yeah about time there's only five medical dispensaries currently operating uh, there used to be eight, but three of them decided to become recreational shops, which is a little bit different. Now, something interesting is that they're suggesting caregivers register as dispensaries because dispensaries in Maine 
can grow an unlimited amount of plants. Whoa. I don't know what the cap on plants is for caregivers, but you want to go with the unlimited route. Let's yeah. be real. If you're growing, just, you know, grow more. No cap. Then you don't have to count them ever. And then you're a registered dispensary, so you can sell it and whatever. Put it on the books. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, there's an application fee of $5,000, so... But, you know, unlimited business licenses, so maybe everyone will just get it when they apply. Unlimited. Phone buys right. That's like the first actual step in the right direction it's we've a heard. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. It is. It is. We'll have to spend some money in Maine when we go visit my family out east. Yeah. And support local. Support local Maine. I'm not from Maine. I'm from Massachusetts. Just buy but. some expensive nug. Or, you know, lobster. Lobster. Get that Maine lobster. I had. To, it's so embarrassing that I can't even do the accent of my homeland. Guys, what is wrong with me? What indeed is wrong? It's fucking embarrassing! Fucking embarrassing. But uh, what's not embarrassing... As it also, this week in Maine, a judge ruled that the state's residency requirement was unconstitutional. So now out-of-state companies can also get licenses and operate. Seems to be happening there. more and more. Yeah, yeah, because here in Missouri, the federal judge also just shot down the state residency requirement. But Oklahoma didn't. Oklahoma's standing by it. And I can, you know, I don't know. I see it both ways. I can see how people in the state want to support like local grown plants or whatever. And you can't do the interstate uh, commerce, right? So it's not like you can grow in one state and then move it to your dispensary in Correct. another state. That's right. So in that respect, it's all that state's weed, even Correct. if yep. your license holder lives in another state. Yeah, I think that... Uh I agree with you. I see both sides of it, but there is a there is a definite advantage to having players in the market that are are already experienced, you know, because they know how to do it and they know what works and doesn't work. And having that as the competition makes a more competitive market because all the other in-state players have to be as good or better than than those guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. Like, you know, it's not like they can. It's not like they can legally transport it across state lines, but who knows, you know? Yeah, I remember we talked about a case quite a while ago, a few months ago, before John was born, um, where it was like the license holder was in Michigan and had maybe or maybe not moved their product down to Arkansas because they, they were holding a license there. Oh, we just need to write it off the books federally, you know, just take it off. No doubt. No doubt uh hey oregon you're making things tough for the hemp growers uh -oh. um because in house bill 3000 which passed in july um it allowed the oregon liquor and cannabis commission along with the department of agriculture to inspect licensed hemp fields across the state to make sure that they're not growing pot with high THC, you know, because hemp's got to have that. Z they have in, uh, you know, zero point three percent THC. Right. Is 
the max you can have for hemp. But the growers are freaked out because some hemp is a little bit higher, you know. Sure. And it's I like, what it are you going to do now? Depends on which nug they grab, right? Oh, right. man, that looks like pot. So they're going to go take nugs, <laughs> take hemp stock or whatever from these, uh, you know, growers well, well, and then send nugs. it to the lab. Yeah, it's not going to be nugs because it's hemp. hemp. Field. Yep, that's pot, all right. But if they see nugs, then they'll know. Yep, that's pot, all right. That's why I said hemp stock. They're going to grab the hemp stock. (laughs) But uh, I guess that 31... Everybody's going to be real high off of that 0.5% THC. Oh, Oh, my God. Dangerous, I know. My hair's on fire. And it's not like, you know, the people who are extracting the CBD and the Delta-8 and whatnot out of the hemp, it's not like they can't tone down the THC to what it needs to be, right? Come on. If you can, you know, create THC... Surely you can control it too, but maybe not. Maybe not. What do I do? I'm just, you know, a bowler here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, 31 hemp growers have already told them to piss off. You're not coming in here to inspect my land. And so far, they, I don't think they've returned. So, yeah, just tell them to fuck off. We don't give legal advice here, but. That's what I would do personally. Yeah. I would say, don't bother me. I got work to do. You're bothering me. You're bothering me. Uh, <laughs> Illinois. Here we go. Okay. No new licenses being awarded once again. Oh, no, somebody else is suing, right? They have to settle this lawsuit or figure out this lawsuit, resolve it with the WAH group. W-A-H group, LLC. One um, little LLC that can hold up the whole fucking process. It's so silly. Well, you know, they put themselves in this situation with the ridiculous social equity requirement. Yeah. You know? So this group is claiming that they're a veteran-owned business, and in order to fit into the social equity applicant status as a veteran-owned business, you have to get a perfect score on this application, which is pretty subjective from my understanding. So you have to get a perfect score to be social equity, even though you're a veteran. And they're just saying, like, hey, what gives? And, of course, you know, Illinois has also changed the rules a few times where they wanted to move, like, the social equity status out of who the employees are to only the owners. And Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it, this is what they get. This is what they get. Yeah, for... it's, that, it's the can of worms you open at the beginning and trying a... a a system and a law that really has no prior application or and, and then you get hammered with lawsuits until it's like all the precedent is set i don't know man it's total, I don't, it's a total nightmare i don't like it they've got 156 licenses they need to give out just let everyone apply and then you know and then yeah it's choose like a, the best it's like a one trickle at a time one idiot company at a time lawfare over it you know yeah and i'm not saying you know maybe they have merits on why they're obviously uh getting into the thing and and holding it all up and saying hey this isn't fair to us yeah but yeah like you're saying uh well they're in an attempt to non-discriminate or to like give some reparations to a small group of people they're discriminating against everyone else yeah that's that's basically it you nailed it so this is what you get you can't fight discrimination with more discrimination it's just yeah. Absurd. It's an absurd concept. It is. It, it doesn't is. really work legally. Well, 
lawmakers in Wisconsin introduced a recreational bill last week. So it would tax weed, kind of like alcohol, and allow home grow. So we'll see where that goes. I never hold my breath for the lawmakers, but... No doubt. I don't really hold my breath for anyone at this point in time. It's like uh, most of them state-level laws, you know, you gotta ram your head against that legislative brick wall a few times before it starts to crack and give. Yeah. So hopefully there's some cracks. Some cracks. Crack it. (laughs) Uh, Do we have a metal moment this week? Indeed we do, yeah. All right. Reverend came through with Metal Moment 8. Woohoo! Remind us where we're going again. Samoa? You put me on the spot oh, here. Oh, I thought you had it in your notes. I'm sorry. Yeah, Samoa. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Rev takes us all the way to Samoa. Let's hear it. Give it a listen. Oh, of course. It wants me to verify. Now, can anybody in the Bulls audience tell me what this Windows 10 crap is where... It only started in the last week or, well, two or three weeks. But sometimes I'll open a file, and then it'll make me verify my PIN, like my PIN number, my, mm. my login. Well, we want to make sure it's you. Oh. Sitting at your own computer. And it's not like screensaver wake up, which is kind of normal and longstanding. It's like I opened an MP3. Yeah, it's me. It's been me the whole fucking time. Stupid. Pretty anyway, weird. let's check out this metal moment, man. In the bowl and in the morning, this here is the Reverend Cyber Trucker with this week's Metal Moment. Headed northeast from New Zealand, roughly a third of the way to Hawaii, lie the islands of Samoa. Taking their influences from this island nation, Shepherd's Reign technically hail from New Zealand, but boast a mix of Polynesian descent. This track, Lamanu, is a self-published single, released in December 2019. I love the metal moment. The metal moment brings up the energy. Yeah, I just let it play fully at this time because I saw he had it one forty-five and he put his own fade in. Man, Reverend, he's producing the thing, man. He's got his kind of time down now. He's getting, he's getting it on, man. I love it. Metal moment. Yes. I don't have a good metal voice, but metal in my moment. dreams, the metal laughs. Yeah, in my uh, yeah. dreams, I can do it. <laughs> I think we need to make a make a clip for it now, obviously. 
Oh, it's like yeah, a regular, you know it. regular aspect of the. Uh, but you know what? We need a we need a little jingle for all of our little uh, segments. Somehow this needs to incorporate the uh, clip from from Pick a Destiny, where he's like, "I'm the devil. I love metal." <laughs> Just do I love metal. That'd be yeah, fine. That's not yeah, bad. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Cut the devil out of it. Yeah. Get out of here, devil. We see you. <laughs> we say not today. And beat the devil out of him. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yes. Hey, so we're talking about a uh, first time I ever drove a car. And if you want to chime in, you can always call 816-607-3663. That's 816-607-DOOF. Or text... Standard texting rates apply. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, leave us a voicemail. You can also chime in on older, uh, past first time I ever topics, like this caller, I think, did. Hey, bowlers. Um, I was, uh, listening hey, hey. to your podcast, and you guys had asked when we got kicked out of class. Well, I got a story I haven't told anyone. Uh-oh. So this is good, but, so... I went to school in Kapiolani Elementary, Hawaii, Hilo, Hawaii, and uh, and um, in Hawaii they do things a little different. You can you don't have to wear shoes in school. Nice. And but this say the teachers would grab you by your ear, did stuff wrong, they pull you. They would always pull me to the to the principal's office by my ear and oh, shag rip my ear off and stuff. Like I would fight them with the, about. It. I wouldn't like fight them, like fist fight them, but I would pull my ear out because I didn't feel pain. You know what I mean? Like I was like a I was just tar- I was just tough little kid, you know, and I, I had a lot of I had a lot of um, fight in me, you know, and and uh, one of the things is that I'd ask you the bathroom, and they didn't like me after a while, you know, because I would never comply with tyranny, basically school tyranny, and uh, you know they always make me hold my my I had to go take a shit, you know, and they make me hold it because they oh. maybe I'd take too long, you know, I'd get out of class for. a 15, 20 minutes, and they get pissed off about that, so they make me hold it till after class. And I said, you know what? Fuck these guys. What I would do, right? And I was like six years old. So I, I mean, to me, you know, you got to go, you got to go. Who are these guys? Tell me. I can't go out. They go right in my pants, yeah. you know? But I was, I was, I was like, I'm not going to go mess my pants up over these fools. I'm going to do it a different way. So I, I figured the way out, which was I went to the, I go to you know, the cafeteria for lunch, I get a bunch of napkins. So I'd be sitting in class, and instead of asking these fucking assholes to go use the bathroom, I just said, fuck it, I'll just go right here. I might have even asked, they said, no. I, after a while, I'd say, you know what, fuck you guys. And I was just, I'd get the napkin, I'd shove it down my pants, you know, I'd get it, you know, cover my hand with the napkin, I'd lift my, my little butt up, <laughs> and I'd take I pinch a turd out in the napkin, you know, and I pull it out of my pants. You know, I'd have to be real careful. I'd have to be, and get it all smeared up, <laughs> wrap it up, and I'd put it in their desk. Said, you, guys, you guys will have to do what's done now. So that happened for about, should that happen for a while before they, I'm surprised they didn't smell that right away. Oh, my God. But Yeah. She was just like a whole week. Whoa. Two Two weeks or something. <laughs> they finally go, went in there. To call, I, I I got a call. At, bring, I had to go in with my 
my uh, my foster family. But I, I was I, I was I didn't take no shit, you know. Good. <laughs> Literally, and so they call me in, and they and they pull the the teacher. Oh oh, hold on. Oh, there's that wall. Here it comes. Anyway, so I they called my 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 foster family in. They go in. And the, the teacher's cleaning the desk out with, like, some, she had, like, spray and stuff. And, um, and, uh, they're, you know, why'd you do this? You, why, well, why don't you let me use the bath? And I told them, too, they pulled my ear and shit. And I don't like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, fuck but that. But that's how they do things in Hawaii. I, I don't know if they're still allowed to do things like that, but, shit, they have kids in the corner, you know? I'd be always in the corner and whatnot. But I think I got expelled for... Actually, I got expelled. I climbed the flagpole one day. I climbed up the flagpole or climbed the tree. I can't remember exactly. Climbed something. I think they had to have the fire department come. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't even remember because I was had a little troublemaker off or here. something. They got me down though, finally. And and the principal drove me home himself in his. I think it was like a. It's like a what is Miata? This is a stupid little Miata. I have to like get down and it's like a go kart, and have one of those like. Seat belts that are automatic and it's like I don't know. But oh, anyway, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's my story. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed. Yeah. In the bowl. In the bowl. Whoa. Call her through the phone. Call her through the phone in a fit of rage. <laughs> <laughs> no. That guy's a troublemaker, man. You gotta keep an eye on him in the school. Teachers. Be grabbing ears. Nothing it's not doing nothing. Phone boy can concur with the uh, bad schools in Hawaii. He said, "He said no, no bueno." So, uh, car has six more calls and uh, might disperse them over future shows, perhaps. Or I might, like I said, I was gonna, I was gonna try and shave them down, you know. But um, we might also have time for. Them. Just depends on what we get through. Yeah, we've never, we don't believe in caps. Come on. This, uh, oh, there's gotta be, there's no such thing as no such limit, man. There's no such thing as no well, such limit. Yeah. You know, I mean, in fact, I should, uh, interject that the Sunday did another, um, misinformed nation, uh, with Boobery and, uh, Fletcher was on there with us this time. And, man, I just felt bad because, like, I'm coming with this clip load and my topic was the grumpy old Ben's saga. And I just, like, Something needs to give on the on the format, I think. We need to really narrow our focus. And so we've been brainstorming different ways to do that. Mm. Uh, really excited about what we might come up with. Stay tuned for that. We're staying tuned. And I'll link it. I think there's there's some URL you can go to, I know for sure. Oh, yeah. But uh, we'll link it in the show notes. But, you know, we can't link this next caller in the show notes. Because he's got things to do, man. Can't just be oh, hanging out in the show notes. It, it seems like that, that was such a long time ago, the first time I drove a car. Well, okay, so I do have, an in, I, I do have a, a driving story of sorts. Uh, that was, So I was in a golf cart with my half-sister. Um, we, we were very young. Um, and, you know, and, and my... Um, my sister had, um, well, she she was, you know, I don't know, she was like two or something, and I was you know, about six or something, and we were sitting in the golf cart. We were not trying to drive the golf cart, I don't think, but uh, she, um, yeah, she found the accelerator, and it 
and then the uh, then the golf cart ended up in the ditch. So, um, oh god! I thought the first, you know, yeah, I, I would. Then I was trying to drive the golf cart. Uh, certainly, I wasn't, you know. Anyway, but that's, that's the <laughs> first time I remember being in some sort of a motorized vehicle and and uh, you know, theoretically driving, but not really. Um, yeah, the first time I drove a car. Oh, I don't remember. You know, I was. I don't know. I didn't. I. I Probably the first time I drove a car was when I took a driver's ed training. So, um, so when I was in high school, I lived in Hawaii and actually went to a private school. Oh, and the, the Hawaii crowd. Um, but the driving age in Hawaii is 15. So before I got my driver's license, yeah, I had to uh, go. So I probably the first time I drove a car was actually in that driver's ed class um, that, that we had. It was a, you know, that so, um, and that was, I, I don't remember. I don't know. It's like, yeah, you. It, what's the first time I did it? It, it was so long ago. I, I don't remember. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I just remember that I did it at some point. I don't remember anything being special about it. Um, you know, I've had. Uh, yeah, that's that's really it. I'm say that was just it was just kind of a. Yeah, that was not a very fulfilling story, was it? But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is, baby. <laughs> Gets bad. No, man, that's um. We were talking about the distinction last week when we made it. Of, we almost made it first time I ever operated a motor vehicle. But then we were like, well, let's make it about a car so that we just get kind of. Because my thing I was thinking of was kind of car, and then it popped in my head like, wow, what kind of a motorized vehicle have you? You know, like go karts. Oh yeah, golf carts. I think probably the first thing I ever drove that was motorized was a golf cart out in the uh, out in the outside city limits out in Kearney. And God, those things are so fun, man! Just ripping around in this field, <laughs> turning as tight as I can, slamming on the gas, making my whole go kart slide to the side, you know, doing the the drifting. Drifting go-karts. Drifting go-karts out in a field, out in the grass. But the first time I ever drove a car, it wasn't far. And maybe I was nine or ten. Maybe I was older. I could reach comfortably the pedals, you know, but that was about it. And my dad let me back the car out of the garage and into, like, the deeper driveway, you know. Close to the road driveway. Because we were cleaning out the garage. And so, opened the garage doors up, backed the car out. And it was the van, actually. It was a, I want to say a 92 Dodge Caravan. Oh, like a, the minivan? Yep. A minivan? Yeah, with the side door. And those things had built-in kid seats, too. Whoa. So they had like these, uh, it was like dark burgundy leather seats, which would just get hot as blazes in the summertime is miserable. But these kid seats kind of folded out of the cabin. What do they call those? The captain seats or something? Where they have two side by side in the in the middle row. Yeah. And you, there's like space to walk between them? Yep. That's nice. Yeah. Spacious. A little cushion would fall down and you could sit on it as a booster and then it had the kid straps, the shoulder straps, and the crotch clip. So you backed it out from the garage to the driveway with yeah. no problems? 
No problems. It's real nice and easy. It's real nice and easy. Yeah, I didn't, work. didn't use the gas pedal was not involved at all. I just put it in reverse. Put took my foot off the brake. Put my foot back on the brake. Put it in park. Yep. Very exciting. But at the time, you know, you're just like, oh wow, <laughs> move the car, wow. Yeah. <laughs> the car is mine. Uh, which is funny enough, it's the same reaction I have when this next caller calls every time. So the first time I ever drove a car, oh wow, was my grandfather's giant uh, green Vista Cruiser, and I drove around uh, a kind of a circle drive. They had they lived on like five acres of land, nice, and uh, had a long, long driveway, and then. It had a detached garage, and there was a almost like a circle drive right around that detached garage to uh, loop around because uh, it was off a major road. So they used that to he pulled in, then he could turn the car around and pull, not be backing out onto a major through affair. But uh, I was also a little bit of a, uh, a risk taker uh yeah a little danger boy to sneak out my dad's cars um the uh he had a cadillac that i used to go cruising around town when i was like 14 15 years old before i had a license go pick up my buddies and yeah hanging out uh driving around town in a cadillac like an idiot uh and then the one time he, uh my parents went to aruba for a vacation <clears throat> And my dad had a uh, 67 Camaro that had a 327 three-speed Muncie Rock Crusher transmission. And uh, I stuck the keys on that before they left. And then uh, went to go pull out of my subdivision and jumped on it. And it squealed the tires <laughs> all the way into the dry, uh, like the driveway entrance of a school across the street. Uh, and I like pushed the clutch in and stopped and drove away at a nice slow speed uh, after that because I didn't want to screw the car up or get caught. Right. So I really didn't drive that one much because I was worried that uh, my dad was going to know the miles on it. He didn't in the end, but. Uh, the only one that ever caught me was my sister, and I was pulling into the garage with my dad's Cadillac the one time. <laughs> and I, was, I think I was like 14 at the time, and I remember getting out. And it was late. Uh, my mom owned a catering business. She was out all the time. Uh, and then my dad was uh, incoherent later on at night, most nights. And uh, anyway, when I pulled up, she was getting out of her car and walking in the house, and I pulled up and put it in the garage. She's like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Ned, Ned. Hey, man. Mom and Dad are in Aruba. Pretty much anything goes, I say. Yeah. That's funny, though. Yeah, that's the worst. The worst possible way to possibly get busted would be to, like, leave rubber tracks in your own driveway. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You gotta, gotta do that across the street, man. Wow. This baby is uh out of milk, out of oxygen. A lot, yeah. Kinda like the first time I drove a car. Oh, it was yeah? a lot. Is that a lot? Oh, I must have been about four or five. Oh my god. And 
It was one of those old-fashioned cars on the track at Storyland. <laughs> what? <laughs> Does that count? Okay. Because it's a car. It looks like a, an antique car, kind of. Uh, yeah, the antique car. And it's got the metal rail in the middle that you kind of keeps you on the rail, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you push the horn and it goes, ooga, yeah. ooga. Yeah. You're like, hell yeah, why don't cars all do this still? Ooga, <laughs> that's the best horn ever. The klaxon horn. But, um, yeah, that was, <laughs> I don't know if that's a cop-out, but uh, I remember I was terrified. I didn't know that there was a track there because I was so little. I did not perceive that there, there's a track to keep you on the road. Yeah. And uh, the things didn't stop. You had to just, like, hop in as one passed by, you know, because they didn't want to stop the engine, I guess. I don't know. And so, anyway, I was with my papa getting on. I feel like on. I remember that because they would, like, jump up in and push the brake for you to let you in and out. And then yeah. once you were in, they would, like, step out and give you control. Yeah, that's I, right. Yeah. And so my papa was ahead of me, and I was always kind of, like, a shy uh, kid, you know, and uh, not, like, really willing to just, like, take hold of things and go for it. So my papa just jumped right into the back seat, and he was like, you're driving. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, my God, no, I'm not. I've never driven before. I don't know how to drive a car. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You know, but, of course, it just, like, drives on its own. There's no, like, gas. Oh, no, I think there might be a gas pedal to speed it up a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it has an accelerator but, for sure. Man, I had those tracks screeching. I mean, like, I had no, uh, I was basically retarded at steering. So it was just like going real little. And I'm yeah. like, I can't see, I can't see. I was freaking out. I was like, we're going to go through the bridge. He's just dying laughing the whole time. Yeah. So we get back around and I'm like, let me out, let me out. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. But the first time I drove a real car, not that those aren't real cars, I guess, uh, but. No, it was they're my, not. They're toy cars. They're, That's why they let five-year-olds drive them. Uh, all right, they stay right. on the track. Either. Yeah, yeah. It was my uh, my papa's Cadillac, and it was a big blue thing, and it was kind. Of, it was pretty similar to your situation. He was just like, "Let's back this out," and then just like set me up and was like, "Go for it." Just kind of tap the gas real lightly, and I just backed it up from one end of the driveway to the other, from front to back. Nice. John didn't like my story. Yeah. Now I'm going to dance with him. <laughs> okay. Well, you do the dance this uh, next color danced in. In the bowl, Mr. Spencer and Dame DeLorean. In the bowl. First Spencer and Dame DeLorean, excuse me. In the bowl. Uh, this is Rick. And this is Charlene. From the Itty Bitty Homestead. And we just wanted to call to uh, say we just got our first donation PayPal to our little endeavor and it was for $12.34 from a wonderful young couple who we love greatly uh, and their names are Spencer and Lauren hey. so we want to say thank you guys we love you we yeah. appreciate it so much it's, it's the first of hopefully many and we're going to be putting that to good use we're getting some cattle panels later this week. Cattle panels. And starting our first small greenhouse. Ooh. So that money's going to be going towards that project. Awesome. And we just, again, we thought we'd call up, say howdy, say thank you, and uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, we will be seeing you. Videos will be coming. And in the bowl. In the bowl. Later.
Later, man. Oh, to, uh, oh. take a little bit from Fletcher. Stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he stole the Fletcher stick Dirk. there at the end. That was clever. Heck yeah. I thought he was like, I thought he didn't realize he hadn't hung up or something, you know. <laughs> but then he snuck a stick in on me, man. Stick. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Uh, Rick and Charlene do the Itty Bitty Homestead on No Agenda Tube. So if you go to noagendatube.com. Search for the itty bitty homestead. Um, I had to break spades on it, man. I had to uh, pony up and do some value for value because they have some cool videos and they just keep coming over there on uh, uh, No Agenda Tube. And I think the cool part of what their value for value is going to be set up to do is it's going to go directly into the homestead project. And so you're going to literally see your value contribution in the content of their videos when they create them like yeah that's going to be a really cool um aspect of it because imagine you know in the no agenda community and i always think like long term on the grand scale like when it scales or when it catches on but like you know in the no agenda you've got instant instant nights and geez they had a insta duchess yeah uh a week back that kind of stuff. Imagine in like the homestead thing, you could be like the Insta barn guy. You could be like, I wrecked that barn. Heck <laughs> yeah. Then all the videos that your barn is in, this is oh, like, yeah. you know, you could be the guy that has the barn. So that's pretty cool. They're getting, uh, what'd they say? Cattle panels in, in their greenhouse going. Yeah. Very so that's, cool. It's pretty awesome. And we're following their uh, progress over there on the, on the no agenda tubes. Yeah, we love you guys. And make sure you check them out. We'll have a link in the show notes, of course. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, by the way, Rev Cyber Trucker texted me. He said, poll is up. So he does a new poll wherever we're going next with the metal moment around the world. Uh-huh. If you follow him at, at Rev Cyber Trucker at noagendasocial.com, that's where he does his polls. And you'll be able to vote. Where do we go next, man? Where do we go next? It's up to you. I know where we're going next. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Heck yeah, let's go bowling. Warm up the lanes, man. We're coming in. A Florida woman was arrested for showing her titties and masturbating during a virtual visit with an inmate last week. Nice. Yeah, I did not know you couldn't do that in the visitation building, but now you do know that. So don't do that, I guess. I guess. Well, that's kind of lame. Yeah, virtual visit in the visitation building. And then, yeah, you got arrested. What the hell? Charged with exposure of sexual organs within a public place and violation of community control. She was driving everyone crazy. <laughs> what that means. <laughs> You that just community, can't do that. That community was officially out of control. Out of control. Yeah. Nice. Well. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe it was worth it. I don't know. How is the ball going to roll on that? Oh, yeah. We already got a strike, didn't we? Yeah. We knocked them all down. Oh, it was worth it. it you go, Florida woman. Show them titties. Florida woman always got to get that nut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, a lightning strike. Struck at least seven people at Orchard Beach in the Bronx. Whoa. And two teens were seriously injured. Ah, there it is. I was like, I was trying to figure out which way it was going, you know, because I was like, well, it depends on but who. Five what? out of seven are all right. Five out of seven are all right. That's kind of cool. Yeah, well. 
Get struck by lightning and live to tell the tale. Uh, it's not. It's not on my list. No of, doubt. Uh, I just yeah, hate. My bucket list, but. I've gotten electrocuted. Ooh, there's a good F tie. Because I've gotten electrocuted by like wall outlets before, and I'm like, no, thank you. I hate it. Oh, Getting yeah. shocked is like one of the worst things. I hate that. Even the little games or the little novelty pins that shock you. No. Nope. I don't fuck with those. No, thank you. And I have one in this house. And it always gets me. <laughs> I've been around it for 10 years and it still gets me every time. Yeah. I do not like getting juked. Yeah, I know exactly the kind of pins that do that. Because I've <sighs> had one around forever. But Yeah, it's the one that gets me all the time. It keeps <sighs> ending up in my possession. And then I'm like, well, let me just write this down, click on my pen. Whoa! <laughs> every freaking time. And you'd think I'd know by the way it looks. But no, that joke pen just slips right in there. Ha ha. Hee hee, ha ha. Well, you got to keep it light, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Definitely wakes me up, that's for sure. Uh, kind of like this next guy waking the police up in Oklahoma uh -oh. when he escaped from a police unit in his handcuffs, ran through the woods, and stole an ATV out of someone's uh, yard. Whoa! Yeah. He then led police on a high-speed chase through three different counties. Of course. You know how this happens. He didn't finish the turkey. Uh, they forced him to wipe out into a pool of muddy water on a dirt road. Could have been worse. They he could have died. <laughs> he could have died. Yeah, but no, so you just got a little muddy. I guess he... Uh, and he, then thrown in the brig, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, with extra charges now, you know, because right. at, at first uh, he was being taken into custody on suspicion of stealing copper wire and catalytic converters. I wonder what he was planning to buy. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, yeah, it said, yeah, uh, he went up Mouth to... and mouth accessories. He was going 70 miles per hour on that ATV, just going through fields. And Some of them things can haul, backyards. man. No doubt about it, dude. Yeah. No doubt about it. But he was handcuffed this whole time. That is pretty impressive. This I mean... Some Houdini stuff. He probably jumped, you know, he probably jump roped his arms back so they were facing forward, at least, I'd hope. Yes, I, I would assume so. That's yeah. just an assumption, though. I Imagine mean, driving it backwards. You can't. <laughs> you, can't. <laughs> you can't. You can't. He had to have jumped her up to his arms for sure. No doubt. No doubt. That's a bad motherfucker who knows how to tie good knots. Yeah. <laughs> but this next guy probably doesn't know how to tie knots because instead he was busy tattooing a child's face at a McDonald's in South Carolina. Oh. And now he's in jail. Like a for real, for real tattoo? Yeah. With with the with the gun or with like a I don't like know prison if, needle style. I don't know if he was using a prison needle style or if he had the gun because you can buy the tattoo guns anywhere now. Yeah. Or in, on Amazon for sure. Either way, that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, someone posted it was someone was filming it, another customer, and posted it to social media. So then it made its way around to the cops, and they were like, "Oh hell no!" And they went and they got that guy. They ID'd him and found him well good can't tattoo kids don't be tattooing kids especially man. not in a mcdonald's man <laughs> come on this was where you gotta remind me south carolina oh my god y'all south carolina seriously and neighboring north carolina also made it onto the lanes tonight oh when a thrift store employee i love these stories was cleaning a picture frame and found a 146 year old marriage certificate Nice. To top things off, they went on to Ancestry.com and looked up the names of the 
dearly beloved man and wife, and they found their great-granddaughter and were able to get it to her. Very cool. Pretty freaking cool. Encyclopedia Brown tracks them down. Yeah. Imagine that. You get a message online one day that's like, I think I might have your great, 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 great grandparents' uh, marriage certificate. I'm just kidding. It just said great-granddaughter. One great. They were great. They were great. And now she's got that. Well, you know, seems like North Carolina beat out South Carolina this week for Best Carolina, I would say. Yes, yes. On this week's edition of Best <laughs> Carolina. We gotta know. Giving it to the North. We gotta know. North versus South. Now, up in British Columbia, and our neighbors to the North, a dermatologist found a painting in a thrift store and really liked the frame. So he decided to buy it, even though it was the whopping price of $96 at a thrift store. Wow, that's too much. He really liked this frame, though. Did he haggle? No. Oh, no. man. Anything above this... 50, you got to start haggling. <laughs> Have you ever haggled at a Savers? Because this place is called Value Village, I think. Oh, and I That don't seems know. like unhaggleable. It's like, no, man, that's the price on it. If it's like... The thrift stores that have the UPC codes on items, you know, that's that's not even what I think of when I think of a thrift store anyway. Fair enough. You're thinking like Salval. Yeah, man. I'm thinking the like the racks with somebody scribbled the fucking price oh, on yeah. with their hand, you know? Yep. City thrift. Yeah. But And like purple tags are half off today and stuff. And you're like, well, you know, can you give me the purple tag on this one at least or something? Like, you know, you can you can make some moves in those kind of places. Yeah. Especially on the pig ticket things that are like, really? Maybe not here. Maybe not here. Probably not here. Sounds like it. he paid $96 for this. And then he decided to look up the signature of the artist and found out it was someone by the name of Wijmer who was born in the Netherlands in 1870. And, oh, turns out that his most famous painting, Mountain Mist, just sold at auction here in the United States for $200,000. Whoa. Yeah, so this painting they're guesstimating could be worth $20,000. He is going to get it appraised and said that whatever he receives for it, he's going to donate to the Comox Valley Hospice Society. Yeah, I like money though. He didn't need money. That's why he bought a $96 frame at a thrift store. No doubt. He's already set. Where you can get frames for 50 cents. At a thrift store. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, those are the frames I go for. <laughs> I like it. Is it under $5? Good. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Most of them frames are pretty cheap because they stack up and they're big. Yeah. And they're just trying to get them out of there, you know? See, now we need to look for the paintings. Oh, yeah. This is a painting. Let's just buy it. We'll Google the name later. <laughs> we um, could be the next story. I'm like half retarded when it comes to art. Two bowlers found a $33,000 painting. That would be cool. You wait. We'll do it. Might not be Bowie's, but maybe. We did actually pick up a cool painting at a thrift store recently. That's right. For the whopping price of $1. And it's an authentic painting from a woman in this area. Yeah. It's one of those like layered where they use like layers of paint. So it's like almost three-dimensional. Lumpy. I don't know if you're an idiot like me. You don't know the word for that kind of painting. Is that a lumpy painting? The glass is you can pat it. You could tell it's a wheel painting because you can feel it. Yeah. You, know. you don't want to touch it, but, you know, a little impressionistic, too, because you got to kind of step back to really take it in. It's a little house in the woods. 
I love it. Tiny. Tiny little house in the woods. It's like a little house on the prairie, kind of. But in the woods, right? Isn't there like a mountain in the background? <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Yeah. It is in the woods, absolutely. You know who wasn't playing? A mother bear who found herself accidentally trapped inside of a car oh in Colorado. Oh my goodness, no thank you. That's what the car owner said. They called 911, had a sheriff's deputy come out. What the hell is he going to do? You know? <laughs> the car was totally destroyed on the inside. All because they left food in their car, so oh. she went in there to eat it. Of course, that's where it was. But now... 11 times out of 10, you got bears is because you didn't put your food away. Now and she... they're like, sniff, 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 ooh, food. This tubby wumpus bear can't figure out <laughs> where the handle is, how to open the car door, so she's just stuck. Just stuck. And her two little cubs are on looking. Like, what is mom doing? When is she going to leave that car? This is, we've been here a while, man. There's people coming around now. They're stacking up. Why are they looking at us? Because you're so darn cute, but we don't really want to see you in our cars. Uh, so the deputy opened the door for her and then backed up, you know. And uh, she tried to get out, but she, <laughs> she ended up accidentally closing the door again on herself. Uh, oh, so no. he had to go up there again open the door and this time mama bear was able to escape the car oh damn yeah and then uh she got a nice little uh deputy escort out of town her and her (laughs) cubs to make sure that they weren't going to hang around and get in any more vehicles so yeah moral of the story don't leave food in your car and lock it and if you're going to yeah lock it although you know they might smash those windows to get that mcdonald's or whatever you're keeping in your car. If they smash their way in, at least they can then smash the same way out, you know? Yeah. Smash, smash, smash. <laughs> Opening a door and then getting it and then it shuts. That just seems cartoonish. Silly old bear. If you open the door to get in, you would have thought maybe she could have opened the door to get out. You know, the latch isn't that different on most cars. I don't know. Terrible. <laughs> car's Terrible. like a car's like a big old bear trap basically man bear trap on wheels oh shoot maybe it's one of those where the door shuts and it locks well except no because she was able to open the door don't know don't know it's a weird it's a, one it's a mystery <laughs> the I things we wonder barely understand it me too well while removing valuable items from a 115 year old german evangelical church in seattle which is being demolished and replaced with you called it affordable housing. Oh, no. Really unaffordable housing, I'm sure. Oh, the taxpayers can afford anything, man. No They're worries. unstoppable. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this group, Earthwise Architectural Salvage, found a time capsule in the cornerstone, which isn't really surprising, but this church had not tracked or archived it. So in that sense, it was, because no one knew it was there. Whereas hmm. most churches, I guess, are like, hey, we have a time capsule in the cornerstone. Go get it in 100 years. Right. Um, so it contained German literature, evangelical publications, some newspaper articles from Ohio that were written about the Evangelical Association, and a bishop's handwritten letter detailing the founding of the church, as well as some financial information they decided to put in there. Look at our books. Interesting. Interesting indeed. I think it bummed me out to hear about a, an old church being demolished because 
You know, I'm a sucker for that old architecture and old buildings. It's cool, the older ones, man. Yeah. Big they activators. Should, they should knock down like a, a newer church and send them to like refurb the old one or something. Oh, and yeah. Then just build the apartments of the new church because those things are usually ugly. Seriously. They, they just look, look like, like anything else. Yeah. They old. look like a arena or a school or a county building or something. You know? Yeah. Definite school. Those old vibes. ones have those big, pointy, like, pyres and stuff. They get the activator, yeah, the activator. man. The yeah. activator. Yeah. Church bells. Hello. Don't see them in the new ones. A lot more magic going on in the older ones than the uh, concrete boxes. Here you get a two and now great PA system and a drum box. Those drum boxes are kind of cool though. The like the glass walls with a real drum set in there. Yeah, they can kind of like a fiber fiberglass drum cage. Drum drum cage. Yes, yes. No, I you know you know me. I'm a sucker <laughs> for the old churches. Um. And someone's a sucker because they decided to vandalize two of Banksy's newest murals. Just oh. days after the artist confirmed that they were his. Some people. Yeah, it was over in England. One of them was caught in the act, though, just completely painting over a rat sipping a cocktail with white paint. Just totally trying to cover it up. What a hater. Hater alert. For real. Uh, but they caught him. So fuck him. The second one, I'm not really sure if it was vandalized or if another local artist just decided to add a tribute or collaborate with it because Banksy had sprayed on a claw machine claw. Okay. And then this artist came and put some teddy bears underneath it. Nice. And some of the some of these folks over the pond there think it might be an artist named Emo. He's an emo kid. Nice. Painting teddy bears. Uh, maybe, you know? So I don't know if I really consider that one vandalism. So when you say caught, like, the guys painting the white paint were vandalizing, but the rats Banksy did, they weren't? Or yeah, how does that right? work? How does that work? Oh, uh, you know. I don't know. <laughs> when Banksy does it, it's not illegal. He knows a smart time to do it. It's Or it's all part of the plan, you know? He might know someone. That's true. Got friends. Make some phone calls. Friends in high places. Yeah, you know. He's, He's not going to brag about his political connections like some people we mention on this show. But, you know, he's probably good to put his art up. He's in toy with the constable. <laughs> they, uh, there were ten in total that he did. Um, and two of them, it seems that the towns are going to remove them. One because... He painted on top of an 1892 mural, which was of the town's old mayor, and he painted, like, a tongue and an ice cream cone on top of it. No. So they're just going to get rid of that. Irreverent. And the other one, he uh, painted two children flying off an inflatable dinghy at a spot where a three-year-old girl died after an inflatable trampoline burst. So they just didn't like the feeling there. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Sure. I, yeah, so, I can see both sides of that one. They kind of decided to, let's remind that, or let's remove that, let's remove that. We don't need the reminder. Yeah. But, yeah. And then, man, this is a shitty way to go. Oh, no. Three brothers got stuck in a manure pit on oh. their family's farm. Oh. It's too bad it doesn't stop there. They ended up passing out from the fumes 
and ultimately all died of asphyxiation. That sucks, man. Yeah. That is a shitty way to go. It's a real shitty way to go. Wow. So, yeah. That was a bad final roll. <laughs> no man. doubt. That's a shitty way to go for the it show, is, too. Oh. But hey, what could you say? What can you say? Sometimes that's the way the ball rolls, man. Yeah, sometimes you just, you're doing so good. You start so good and then it all falls apart. You know, <laughs> I like to say that you just need to get another beer at that point in time. It's true. You got to maintain the proper, uh, yeah, the, the, proper, buzz. the proper buzz, the proper balance line. Keep the, your, keep your levels in place, you know. The Zen bowling buzz. That's right. Or high. Or stoned or, you know, sipping whiskey out of a, out of a. Hidden tie, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, thank you for joining us this beautiful Tuesday evening. Another token Tuesday in the books. We'll see you next week for episode 100. What could be in store? What could be in store? Nobody knows. Hmm. Not even us yet, but we'll find out together next week. And until then, I've been Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I am Dame DeLorean with the now sleeping baby wolf cub yeah now that the show's wrapping because up because the show to... is over yeah. so now he's good you know he just wanted to get his 50 cents in <laughs> throughout the whole thing but until the big 100 next token tuesday mayor bowls for never brighter just kidding we have a first time i ever for next week that we have to promo Oh, that's right. I know you did say this is a good idea, but just so everyone knows, we want to hear from you for our big 100 about the first time you ever got electrocuted. Get those calls in. Get those bowls in. Good night! Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like... Uh your opinion man oh my god the further i got into it the more i liked it and everyone's like oh right cool kinky yeah right ah, ah, nice right. bowlafterbowl.com hello none of this is good i mean come on it's never gonna be anything interesting oh brother